Well, I hope that blessed you, and uh, we're trusting that God spoke to you through that. Listen, we want to give you an opportunity if you want to participate in giving. We've got multiple... Welcome to Turnaround Church. We're excited that you've joined us today, whether you're watching live or you're watching the replay. Either way, we're glad that you've decided to take the time. If you would do us the honor of going to our website, turnaround.church, and going to the I'm New tab, the I'm New card, and fill that information out. That's our e-connection card. And give us some information about yourself. We want to make ourselves available to you, and we want to have a record of your visit. We'd be so glad if you'd do that for us. Listen, we're going to have a great day today, and I know that you're going to be blessed by our, the message. So without further ado, let's go to the message. Have you ever had one of those days? Today is just one of those days where everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and it's trying to, the enemy just tries to get you off track. Well, we're not going to let him today. We have uh, great things in store for us. Today, if you're watching live, well, if you're not watching live today, Sunday still is Father's Day. And so we, are, uh, we want to celebrate the fathers. We're so grateful for all the, the fathers in our, in our house and where, uh, in our church that God has given us. And those of you that are watching that are fathers, c- congratulations. I know you enjoyed what you did to become a father, but hey, congratulations. Uh, it's just a good day to be celebrating being a father. Uh, I don't have children of my own. But I have a couple of people, a couple of young people that like for me to mentor them, and they uh, they come to me for advice, and so they call me their spiritual father, and so uh, I treasure that. So t- today, if you're a father, if you uh, mentor someone, uh, whatever, if you don't have someone in your life to mentor, find someone. Find someone you can share your knowledge with. Share. You've got something to share with someone. Find someone to share it with to enrich uh, the next generation. And so. Uh, I'm here to tell you that that will be fulfilling for you. So we're going to continue in our series, the School of Hard Knocks series. And so if you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, we're going to read our text verses. Um, And we've been in this for a couple of, since for the month of June. We'll be finishing up next week. But we're going to pick back up and we're going to, but let's go back to verse 1. And I'll be reading the New Living Translation, Okay. The New Living, so it's going to read a little bit differently than your Bible. Therefore, now remember, if you read Scripture and you see, therefore, go back before that to see why it's therefore. Because he's saying, because of what I just said, this is true, okay? So therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. So he's establishing the fact, okay, we have been made right. Okay, we're at peace with God, and we have been made right in God's sight. That's called being righteous. That's the righteousness is being in right standing with God. Verse 2, because of our faith, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. All right? Paul could have stopped right there. We'd have had a good time. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But, oh, the boy had to go on and start meddling, okay? Verse 3, he says, We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. 
and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, dot, dot, dot. We're just going to finish. We'll just do the A part of that verse. So Paul says, for some reason the writers in the, the Bible think, when you have a hard time, it's time to throw a party. James, the book of James, he says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, the King James. In other words, when you have problems happen, count it all joy. Something is wrong with them psychologically. I don't understand that. Because when things go bad, what do I do? I get down in the dumps. I go, woe is me. Oh, poor pitiful me. I mean, that's what happens. But the scripture tells us that we can rejoice when we have troubles and we have difficulties and we have trials. And so we talked about the first week that it helps us develop endurance. We're in this for the long haul. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. This is not a... a, a, We're just in for the long haul. Jesus said in the book of John, he said, In this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So we, we we have endurance. And then endurance develops strength of character. And Pastor Leah did a great job last week talking about how we develop character and we are to be uh, developing character. And that's, one of, that's the main thing God's interested in is, is character. Because if we can have character, then we can be a trophy of his grace and his goodness. All right? And then character strengthens our hope. The New, New Living Translation says, our confident hope of salvation. So, I wonder, have you ever had your hopes dashed? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Me too. I've had my hopes dashed. I mean, I've hoped, I remember when I was a kid, we would talk about we were going we to do something as a family, and we got so excited about it, and we were going we to have so much fun, and oh, I, I was just, you know, and hope is a, a confident expectation of good, and so or joyful expectation. So we just, we knew something good was going to happen, and then all of a sudden, we're in the pastor's family. You know that? Somebody died. So we couldn't go do it. We had to stay and do the funeral. Now, I hated that people died, but they died at the wrong time. People do that. People die at inconvenient times. When you're a pastor, so your hopes are just dashed. Now, we got to do it anyway. We got to go later, but... It was one of those things that's where, oh, my goodness. See, but hope, our hope in, that Paul's talking about here, our hope is all about building our trust in God. Hope helps us build trust in God. See, I had a lot less compassion in my younger days before I went through some things. See, when you go through some difficulties and you go through some situations, see, you're bulletproof when you're young, but then all of a sudden you feel, realize, oh, I'm not. You know, um, I, I, I've been through some things, so then I can have compassion on people because I've been through some things, but I can have hope. You have hope that God will bring you through things, but there's no foundation for that hope until you go through it. See, you trust God or you hope and you trust that God will take you through it, but you don't. You know he will, but will he? But he will, but will he? I don't know. And I hear people say, you just need to trust God with it. Hey, that's easy for you to say. But you haven't been where I've been. 
I've got to go through things sometimes that somebody, some people around me have never been through, and I've got to go through this. So I want to talk about something called the hope cycle. The hope cycle. Now, I will, I will say right up front, I took this from Holly Furtick, which is Stephen Furtick's wife. If you ever get a chance to watch her preach or teach, she is phenomenal. But I saw her do this, and this just went right along with what I was talking about. So let's talk about the hope cycle. So we start off at the top, and excuse my writing, it may be in English and it may be in another language. Who knows, because I write at a third grade level, apparently. So we do hope. We start off at the very top with hope, and we've got hope, and everything's great, and the sun's shining, and everybody's wonderful, and, you know, your, your wife's in love with you, your dog still loves you, and everybody's happy, and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, you start suffering. You hit suffering. Uh-oh. All hell just broke loose up in your house. Then things just start happening, and your hopes have been, been shaken your hope that you had that God's going to help you through this, that God's going to be with you. He says, I'll be with you through everything. I'll be with you to the very end of the age. And all of a sudden you start suffering. You're going, really? Is he going to be there? Is he going to trust? Is he going to be with me? Is he going to... So you, you keep suffering. You know, you, you go through suffering. Now, I'm going to stop and talk about suffering for a minute. So many people have mixed up suffering and said that they're suffering for the Lord. All right. When, we, when the scripture tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, it says, And since we are his children, talking about God, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Woo, yes. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. All right, what, how did Jesus suffer? Did Jesus have diabetes and so God gave him diabetes so he suffered? No. Did Jesus get cancer and he said, well, now this is how the Father is going to make me suffer. I've got to deal with suffering like this. No, 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 no. Did he start having financial hardships? All of a sudden, all of his car was repoed. God's just teaching me a lesson through this. God did this to me so I can learn a lesson. No, 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 no. This is not suffering. That is not sharing in the suffering of Christ. Sharing in Christ's suffering is dying. He suffered on the cross. He suffered persecution. He said, in this world you'll have persecution. When he said troubles too, he said, you're going to have persecution because you are being associated with me. You're going to be persecuted. And everybody's all surprised because Christians are the only ones that all the law, all the people are rising up against. Oh, we can't have these Christian symbols. We can't have this Christian stuff. Everybody's saying, well, well, they can have all this stuff. We are being persecuted because the truth is what's going to be persecuted. Don't be surprised when you're persecuted. When you're a Christian, don't be surprised. Because when you stand for the truth, you're going to be persecuted. And then Jesus died. And we have to... Jesus says, if you, will, you have to take up your cross, which is a symbol of death, daily and carry your cross. Just like he did, he had to carry his cross up. The, we have to, but I'm not talking about physical death. We don't all have to die physically every day. But we have to die to ourselves. We have to die to the things, our desires, and our, the things in our, our lives that, we, that get in the way of God's will. Now, God will give you your desires. The scripture says... God will give you the desires of your heart. But I'm here to tell you, if you delight yourself in the Lord, 
is what it says. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the delight. So if your delight is in God, then what he wants you to do is actually what your will is, if you're delighting in God. So I just want to get that straight on what suffering is. Suffering is not disease. Now, we are suffering when we have a disease. I have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I am still claiming my healing. I still believe God's going to heal me. Did God give this to me? No. No, no, no. I live in a fallen world. So if it didn't happen to Jesus, if Jesus, God didn't teach Jesus a lesson with something, then he's not going to teach us a lesson with something. Okay? So there. So then you start off with hope, and then you go into suffering. Suffering happens, and it's just a cycle. It happens in our life because we live in a fallen world, and we are human. Things are going to happen. So, and as you go along in the difficulty, you keep making it one more day, and you keep taking one more step, and you keep trying one more time, and it doesn't feel like it, but you're enduring. Endurance. Endure. Endurance. So you're enduring. So you go from suffering to endurance. You're enduring. The scripture says it builds our endurance, our patience, our patience is in the King James. It builds our, you're building, you, because you, you keep on thinking about quitting, but you don't. You keep going, you keep going, you keep saying, I know what he said, I know what he said, I know what he said. All the while, you're still in the middle of it. Then, all of a sudden, you start seeing things differently. In the middle of this, you start seeing things with a different perspective. Now, not all at once, but a little by little, you start, your attitude changes about others. Okay? Others that are going through similar circumstances, you start having empathy for others. You start feeling compassion. And then, that's when you start building Character. You start building character. So you started with hope. Then it went into suffering. And you endured. You had patience. It built your endurance or your patience. And then as you endured, you kept going. You kept stepping. You kept going. You kept believing God. All of a sudden, you start building character. Now you know you trust God. Now you can see Him coming through. Now you see what He's going to do. You see He's going to be with you in it. He said... In Romans chapter 8, and if you've watched me at all, for very long at all, you'll see me quote this. Romans 8 says, God works all things. God works all things together for the good. Works them together for the good. God doesn't cause things good. To, he works them together for the good of those that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. God is orchestrating things on your behalf. You're going to have difficulties. You're going to have problems you're going to have situations because you are not alone in this world there's other people that make decisions that we have to deal with the consequences of their decision we have to deal with the consequences of other because we're all interconnected we have to deal with the consequences now i love the consequences of being interconnected with the people because i get to travel and i get to do all these things and and sometimes we gripe about the traffic here in Austin, but I tell Sharon, I said, I know there's traffic, but if we didn't have traffic, we wouldn't have all these nice restaurants. Because of all this traffic, while we've got more good restaurants, we've got more th things to do. That's the reason why we have it, because we have all this traffic. So you get one with the other. Yeah. 
So your perspective changes. I still don't enjoy it, but I understand we have to deal with one thing to get the other. So it's building our character. And then finally you find yourself on the other side. All right? Finally you find yourself, you're battered and you're bruised and your ego has taken fatal blows and the things you were sure about were either confirmed or you came to a new conclusion. You have a new perspective because you've made it through. Here you are hoping again, but with assurance. You're hoping again, but you have an assurance with a new resolve, with the strength you didn't have before. This hope has legs and can stand up to adversity with the knowledge it can't be dashed. Those hopes cannot be dashed because of the fact that you have been through something, you've been through suffering, you endured through it, and it built your character and strength of character, and then now you have a hope that is established in the fact that I have been through this, and now my hope is even built stronger for the next thing. The next thing that comes. Remember, the reward for being righteous, the reward for being obedient to God, the reward for being uh, faithful is responsibility, more responsibility. I know that doesn't sound fun, but the thing is, is God says, when, I, when you make it through this, when you go through this, when you've learned the lesson that this thing has involved, then you move to another level. You're, you're at another grade, pay grade now. You've moved up a, a notch because of the fact that you, can, you say, I, I've been through a couple of things. I know I can trust God. I know I can do it. So when things come, and they will come, when other things come, and stronger things come, and bigger things come, you can say, I have hope because I have been, I have endured through some things, and it's helped me build my character, and I can make it through it because God's going to be with me. This is the hope cycle. This is what God wants us to do. We grow even though the enemy, what he meant for evil, Because the enemy brings stuff our way to destroy us. And I'll talk about this next week. The enemy brings stuff around to destroy us. But what Joseph said was what you meant for evil, what his brothers meant for evil, God meant for good, meant to build his character. See, Joseph didn't have character when he first had his dreams. He didn't have character. He was a smart-mouthed young punk. He was the brat. Because he was daddy's favorite. He had the fancy coat that his daddy gave him. He was daddy's favorite. But then he went through a few things. Then he was humbled a few times. Then his ego got, had some fatal blows attached to it. And then he built, but he made it through. He let God use the anointing on him to flourish wherever he was. He let God come through. He didn't give up in the middle of it. He didn't stop in the middle of it. He let God bring him through it. And it built his character. So when his brothers came to him, he said, listen, it's all good. It's all good. You meant to destroy me. The enemy meant to destroy me. But it's all good because now I'm stronger now. Now I'm here for you. Now I can be strong for you. You thought you were better than me. You thought, but now I can be here to comfort you. I can be here to be strength for you. I can lift you up. I can encourage you because I've developed character in the middle of adversity. And I'm here to tell you, God says, listen, when you come through circumstances and when you come through situations, you can have hope 
Paul says it builds hope. It builds hope when you come through, th- through things. It helps you. It, your endurance is built stronger. You can last longer. You have more patience. Lord Jesus, I need more patience. But anyway, on this morning, I need more patience. But it builds your patience. And then when you get through there, all of a sudden you find out you're enduring. And you, once you endure it, then you come out and you have character. And see, I realize that difficulties come. Situations come. See, back in the day, when things would start going wrong, technically, because I was the technical guy, I was the guy in the background, I would just lose it. I would freak out. And things would just, and I would just, I'd be in a bad mood, and I'd be, all this other stuff, but I've learned to say, it's all right. It's all right. God's still going to do what he wants to do. God's still going to accomplish. It's not going to look like I wanted it to look. I had new opens and closes recorded. I came up here Wednesday and spent, spent hours recording new opens and new closes. I mean, all this kind of stuff, all the technology. I did all this other stuff, but we got to see the old ones I did last week, the week before last, because I couldn't, my computer decided it wanted to upgrade everything all at one time, so I couldn't edit them because I took the wrong ones home to edit. I recorded them here and took them home to edit, and I took the wrong ones home to edit. But see, that's the way it is. God just will take those things if we will learn to trust him through those things. If we will learn. I just keep going back to the biggest uh, adversity that I ever faced. And my sister uh, and I can talk about this. It was when our father was suffering with Alzheimer's. We had the difficulty of helping my, our mother take care of our dad when he was suffering from Alzheimer's. He had gotten too, too physical with her for her to handle alone, and she wasn't ready to, to take him to a facility, to a memory care unit. She just wasn't at that point. And so we took turns staying with mom and helping her with dad. Well, dad would get violent, and usually it was in the middle of the night. She would help him to go to the restroom, and he would get violent with her. And so I would have to come... And I have to come and manhandle my dad. Now, you've got to understand this. A lot of guys, I never wrestled with my dad. I, I, never, I never was one, you know, you see kids that grow up and they wrestle with their dad. We just never did that. I don't, I don't know why we didn't do that. I don't know. Maybe my sister knows why. We just never wrestled. We weren't that way. See, my dad wasn't, he wasn't the, the he was tough. He was strong because the work he did, he did... Uh, besides being a pastor, he was always bivocational. He did automotive upholstery, especially uh, 55 through 57 T-Birds. So he specialized in classic automobiles. And so he always had all kinds of ratty stuff and things like that. But he, he was strong. I mean, he had forearms like Popeye because he would pull those vinyl tops and, 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 those, you know, and just stretching and the, and the material and stuff. And he, and he worked and stuff and he was strong, but we just never did that. So when I had to manhandle my dad, that was just not anything that I could handle. It was not anything I was used to doing. And in the middle of those times, I would say, God, God, I trust you. In the middle of holding him until he calmed down, I would say, God, I trust you. I don't believe what I just said, but I know that's what I have to do. I have to trust you. And I had to build trust with God. I was enduring I was, I, was, I was enduring. I was patiently coming through it. It wasn't very what we call patience, but it was endurance. I was enduring, and I was staying with it. And I just said, God, I trust you. I don't, I don't believe it. 
I don't believe what I'm saying, but I've got to say it anyway because because life and death are in the power of the tongue. I've got to say it because I need to say it because I have to trust you. I don't right now because I don't understand. See, we're in the middle of difficulties. You don't understand what's going on. Sometimes it's just so hard you don't understand why. I don't understand. I still to this day don't know why my dad had to die with Alzheimer's. At 69 years old, he was just beginning to see the fruition of a vision that he had had for a church to minister to people that were, were suffering from addictions. And, and those, so we'd just gotten the church going. We'd just been going about five, six years, maybe seven years. And he was just seeing it come, and it was being packed out. We were having a couple of hundred people at a time coming, and it was growing. We were looking for a place. We are going to start going to multiple services and all this kind of stuff. And he, he started suffering with Alzheimer's. Why? I don't know why. But that's not my problem. I still have to trust God, and so I learned to trust God in adversity, and I've learned to trust God, and I know that He will come through. And the whole time my dad was suffering, I was praying, and I was believing for his healing, because the Scripture only tells me to pray for healing. It only tells me to pray for healing. And so I prayed for healing. I prayed for healing for him. And I'm going to be honest with you. Of course, y'all, y'all that watch me very often know I'm honest anyway. I'm afraid to pray for people sometimes because when I pray for them to get healed, sometimes they die. And it's like, I don't know y'all want me to pray for you. But I'm here to tell you, I'm going to believe the word of God. I'm not going to build a... A whole, I'm not going to build a doctrine on what God doesn't do. I'm going to build it on what he said to do. He said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said, you, you'll, he said, you will raise the dead. You will heal sick. You'll cast out demons in my name. And so all I can do is what he said to do and believe what he said for me to do. I can't go any other direction because it's not what he said to do. He didn't say, now if it doesn't happen, you can just believe that It was just my will. Never said it. Never said it. It's always his will. Your best is always his will. Your best is always his will. The enemy is trying to destroy you. The enemy is trying to turn you around. The enemy is trying to have you lose hope because without hope you will die. Without hope, you're going to die. But I'm here to tell you, if you just trust in God and you rely on Him and you endure through what He says, through what you're suffering through, if you endure through it and the whole time you're saying, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. What's going to happen is you start coming out of that thing and all of a sudden your character is built and now you start having compassion on people. Before that happened to my dad, I wasn't a very compassionate person. Some people say I'm not really anyway, but I'm, I was not very compassionate. In fact, I was so, I lacked compassion so much, my dad didn't believe I'd be a good pastor. That still remains to be seen, but he didn't think I'd be, because I, was, I, I lacked a lot of compassion. Of course, my dad was the really compassionate person. He was, he was, he was a super shepherd kind of guy. He was just, he loved being elbow deep in people's mess. And helping them through it. Me, not so much. But I have compassion for people now. I can have compassion when people are going through difficulties. My answer was always, well, just, you got a problem? Build a bridge and get over it. 
But that's not the answer. The answer is sometimes you have to endure things. And I've endured things, and so now I know that you can make it. I love this. I, don't, I hadn't planned on doing this, but hey, I got a flip chart, so I can use the flip chart. Watch this. I love this little acronym here. We preachers love acronyms. So H-O-P-E. All right? Hold on. Pain ends. Hold on. Pain ends. Just hold on. What are you learning through your hope cycle? What are you learning through the difficulties? You start off with everything. See, when we first get saved and born again, we're all excited. Things are just great. And I mean, you can believe God for anything. And then all of a sudden, things happen. Well, A, you encounter Christians that don't believe. You find atheistic Christians. I call them that because they don't believe God can do anything. But then you start, things, you start encountering things. And you say, I thought everything was going to be great. It is going to be great. It is going to be great. But you have to go through some things. You have to deal with some things because we live in a fallen world and we live around other people. I love Pastor E.V. Hill, pastored in Los Angeles. Large black brother. He said, where two or three are gathered together, there the mess is. You're always going to have conflict when you have more than one person in the room. Well, I have conflict with myself sometimes, but that's just a whole other point we're going to leave alone. But you're going to have conflict when you have two people together because you're going to have two different viewpoints, two different ways of seeing things, two different ways of approaching things. You're going to have some conflict. You're going to deal with those things because you have, you, everybody has their own opinions and everybody has their own ideas. But the, pro- the thing is, is we can learn to trust God through those situations. We can learn to trust God's, God in the, the adversity. Back in June of last year, my wife, all of a sudden, she turned yellow. I, I don't mean she was scared. She was literally yellow. She's, she's so funny. She'd gone, uh, she works at our district headquarters, and she went in to bathroom and she, so we were driving somewhere and she said did, did Bishop do something to the lights in the bathroom I said no I don't think so I mean he had put some LED lights up lately but I don't think so she said well I look orange and I said you are orange I had noticed it but I just hadn't until she said it, I thought dang girl you're orange she was her, her body was attacking her liver we still to this day don't know why of course, all the answer is, oh, it's genetic. Well, we've never had that. In her. She never had that in the family. But she went through this. She got to the point where she almost had to go on to a transplant list to have a new liver. She was in the hospital for days, and she on Saturday night I was at home. I was having to get ready to do church on Sunday morning. And in fact, she had told my sister, but my sister didn't tell me till after church that she had had, she felt like she had almost died that night. She had to pray herself through that situation. But it was during the middle of COVID. They wouldn't have let me in anyway. <clears throat> they, they would let me in during the day. <laughs> it was okay for me to be there from, from 7 o'clock in the morning to 9 o'clock at night. But after hours, she might get something from me. Whatever. Anyway, so you go through some things. 
Second Corinthians. I want to read the passage of Scripture to finish up here. Second Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 10. But we have this treasure in earthen containers so that the extraordinary greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Verse 14 Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, so that grace, having spread to more and more people, will cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But, through our outer per- but though our outer person is decaying, Yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary, that's a perspective to have. These things we go through, they're momentary. Our momentary light affliction or suffering is producing for us an eternal weight of glory or character far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's what we hope in. We hope in what we can't see. We can't see the end of it. But faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is what we believe will happen. Jesus created, God created everything out of nothing. God created everything out of nothing. And so out of nothing, the answer can come to you. This is how you can have hope. Because God created, He he looked into the darkness. He looked into the chaos. He saw that the earth was without form and void. He saw all of that. And what did he say? Boy, it's dark out here. No. He saw what was and he said, let there be. And it was. Listen, I'm here to tell you this morning, God is wanting to speak into your life. You can have hope because the creator of the universe wants to speak into your life. He wants to speak things into existence. He wants to speak answers into your problems. He wants to release answers to your problems and your difficulties and your situations. He wants to show himself strong on your behalf. We talked about that. I was talking, praying about that this morning. When we were going through worship, we were saying about how our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. God says, In Daniel it says, God looked to and fro throughout the earth to find someone on who he could show himself strong for. He wants to show himself strong on your behalf. Right. Are you going to have difficulties? Yes, you are. No ifs, ands, or buts. You're going to have difficulties. Why? Because you live in this world. 
because you live in this world and there are, there are other people in this world that do not obey the voice of the Lord. They choose to obey the God of this world. And so bad things happen to good people because of that. But I'm here to tell you, there's hope. There's hope because God can take those things, those uh, adversities, those difficulties, those trials, those problems in your life. He can take those things as you go through them. He builds you stronger and creates more character in you and then he answers your problem and then you can be the solution to somebody else's problem. See, that is so cool about God. God uses the devil's tricks. What he's trying to destroy one person with, he uses it to strengthen that person so that they can speak hope into other people's lives. In the book of Revelation, it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If Jesus did it for one person, he can do it for others. It is prophesying. If you hear what Jesus did for me, it's telling you he can do it for you and he will do it for you. Now, my friend, this morning, the, the question is, is do you know him? Do you know Jesus in a real way? Do you have a relationship with the Heavenly Father? Listen, I can help you do that. I can help you this morning. I have the privilege of being able to take you to the Father and introduce you to Him. Because listen, He is the answer. He is the answer. Listen, He is not up in heaven looking at you ready to thump you on the noggin because you're doing bad. He is actually weeping for you, saying, please come home. Please come home. In the parable of the prodigal son, when Jesus was telling that parable, you see that the son was coming back to his father. He said he was going to come back to his father. He said, listen, just make, me a, just make me one of your servants. That's all I want because I, the, my dad's servants eat better than I'm eating. I just want to be your servant. He didn't even get a chance to get it out of his mouth because his dad saw him. He was looking from afar. That father was representing the Father God. God is watching and waiting for you to come home and to be in relationship with Him. He wants to come together with you and, and come into a relationship so that He can express His love to you in a real and tangible way. As long as you're far from Him, you can't, ex you can't experience the love of God in a real way. He loves you. But he has no access to you because you've turned away from him. You've denied him access. Won't you give God access to your life this morning? Why, won't, you, won't you let God help you through these difficulties? See, you, the scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust. See, Christians go through difficulties. Non-Christians go through difficulties. Christians have disease, get di disease and sickness and stuff and non-Christians. But see... The Christians have God they can rely on and trust in. They can come to Him. Now, is every prayer answered? Not at this point. But all I can know is, is every prayer Jesus ever prayed was answered. And that's what I have to strive for. I have to strive for every prayer I pray being answered. But see, I have a loving Father who cares for me. 
And though we went through that difficulty with our dad, though we went through difficulty with my dad, and he ended up passing away, I'm here to tell you, I've been able to speak into hundreds of lives. I was a spokesperson for the Alzheimer's Association, so I was able to help caregivers, people that were caring for Alzheimer's. I was able to help them. I was able to counsel with them. I was able to give them advice. I was able to to be compassionate with them. I was able to empathize with them. I was able to give them strategies. I was able to do that because I'd been there. So what... I, if I had never hadn't been there, they might not have had that person, had somebody to help them. See, the enemy tries to destroy us, but God says, "Listen, I can take it and make good out of your life." So, if that's you this, you this morning, if that's you this morning, and you want to enter into a relationship with God the Father, just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, "Jesus, I give you my life." It's that simple. Jesus, I give you my life. Listen, that's, that's all it takes. That's not all you'll ever pray about. That's not all you'll ever talk about with God. But it is the first step in the journey of faith. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe that you were born again this morning. And we want to partner with you. We want to help you to go through this life, to take the next steps in this life. So if you'll go to our website, turnaround.church, and go to the I Just Received Jesus tab, Click that and fill the information out. Include your mailing address, and we will drop ship a book called Ten Steps Toward Christ, written by Jimmy Evans. It's, it's a resource, is all it is. It's a res- resource for you to have, and it talks, it talks about what being a Christian is, what talks about what being born again means. It talks about prayer. It talks about Bible study, Bible reading. It talks about all these different things. It's just a resource we want to put in your hands just to help you. If you'll do that, We'll send that to you. We'll drop ship it to you. And we'd love to be a resource to you. Listen, if you want to, to uh, come be with us, 304 West Whitestone Boulevard, Cedar Park, Texas, 11 o'clock on Sundays, we'd love to have you. Listen, this is how we can reach out to you. This is how we can partner with you. And we're so grateful that you took your time, that you took the time to come and be with us, to take the time to watch this morning or whenever you're watching, watching the replay. We're excited that you joined us. And listen, we're going to see you the next time. We, uh, next Sunday, we're going to finish this series. Well, I hope that blessed you and uh, we're trusting that God spoke to you through that. Listen, we want to give you an opportunity if you want to participate in giving. We've got multiple ways you can do that. If you're in the house... There are giving receptacles in the back with envelopes. You can fill that information out on the envelope, put your check or cash in there, whichever one, and we can have a record of your visit. Now, if you're watching on Facebook, you can go to our Facebook page and go to the Shop Now button, and that'll take you to our giving platform. Just fill out a few pieces of information, and you can use your debit or credit card or actually do an ACH, and so if you want to do it that way. However, if you want to go to our website, turnaround.church slash giving, that will take you to the exact same platform. It's just another way to get there. Fill out the information, and you can give that way. But if you want to do the easiest way, the easiest way that the rest of us use is go to your messaging app on your smartphone and text the dollar amount to 84321. Text the dollar amount, no words necessary, no symbols, just the dollar amount to 84321. 
321. You'll get a link that will take you to the giving platform. Select Turnaround Church, as several churches use this platform, and then put your information in there. And then once you've given that way, the next time you want to give, you just text the dollar amount to 84321, and the next link you'll get will be the receipt. And so we want to make that available to you. Now, we've actually had people that want to give on Venmo, and so we wanted to make that available to whoever wants to. So our handle on Venmo is at Turnaround Church. At Turnaround Church is our handle on Venmo, so you can use that as well. Now, if you're old school and you want to send a check or money order in the mail, listen, we'd welcome that as well. P.O. Box 1506, Cedar Park, Texas, 78630. P.O. Box 1506, Cedar Park, Texas, 78630. If you don't get that before it goes off the screen, it's on the bottom of every page of our website, so that makes that available to you. So listen, we're so glad that you're here, and let me bless you as you go. I always love to bless people, all right? Put yourself in a receiving posture. The Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. May you know that if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, that your leaf will not wither. And whatever you do, it shall prosper. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.